Welcome in the house of fun. Welcome in the house of fun. Welcome in the house of fun. Welcome to episode 72 of Don't Shoot the Gingers. I'm your co-host, Greg Ted Balloon Larson, and this is your co-host. I'm your co-host, John Giles, and I am just captivated by this book. It just has pages and pages of words, exclamation points, question marks. Uh, most of it is sensical. Um, actually, that guy on the cover looks a lot like you, Greg. What's going on here? That's me. You have a very early... You actually might have the number one first bootleg copy of Clubby, <laughs> a minor league baseball memoir. In fact, I'm uh, almost certain of it. It says FM1. Is that does that mean it's is does that have anything to do with being the first copy? FM1. It's definitely of the first batch in that case. Yeah. Oh wait, FM is like forward of like because it's FM1 and then I flip the page FM2, FM3. So it's like whatever the preface is. Ah, I see. But yeah, you're definitely, if not the first, one of the very first bootleg copies of Clubby, which came out on April 1st, 2021. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Greg. Um, you're from you're familiar with books, right? How do you read how you read books? Yes, sir. Okay, I am reading it correctly, right? Like it's not like a centerfold that you do this kind of thing with, like flip it through and just kind of like look at the words. You you read it page this page to this page and just kind of indulge yourself in the words. Is that how you do it? That's right, dude. And, you know, <laughs> I read I like to read a lot of graphic novels and one of them was Japanese recently and I was literally reading it backwards for like three pages not knowing what was going on and then I realized that I had to read it Japanese backwards style so you're familiar with some Japanese phrases do you know enough to read Japanese comic books or is it American <laughs> English translation yeah, yeah it was not the kanji symbols it was the okay. English translation I was like holy shit you were smarter than I thought I thought you were just a big old dumb guy <laughs> yeah, I, I only know enough Japanese to uh, order a chicken sandwich because mm. Japanese for chicken sandwich is chicken sandwichi. <laughs> I'm dead serious. <laughs> How is chicken not a Japanese? Uh, chicken is Japanese. Because I think chicken sandwich is, they treat it like a proper noun. Like a, like a, pro, like a proper noun, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, tell me about this. This book came out four days ago, yeah. but we have been leading up to this for months now. So in the months leading up, we have had all these different like marketing schemes that we've been trying to do, whether it be podcasts, whether it be getting interviews with like major, major networks, um, setting up a website, doing podcasts. I think I said podcast twice in there, but they're very important. Mm -hmm. um, now that we're four days in, can you, do you know what's worked in the marketing? Do you know like what has been successful? That's a really interesting question. I actually have a list. I literally am looking at a list of all the things. Yeah, I'd, most of it has been successful, in particular doing podcast um, interviews. Um, I never expected radio to be so important and successful because in my mind, nobody listens to the radio. But every single time I've been on a radio show, particularly like I was in a Baltimore radio show last week and the book, like, you know, as you know, is a Baltimore Orioles book and you have the shirt on and a lot of people don't know this, but you make an unnamed cameo in the book sort of when we're back in Camden Yards making fun of uh oh yeah Mr. Bennett I, for the bridge I kind of forgot that I was in the book for that part when when we were yeah. uh <laughs> pointing ball that's right <laughs> yeah um so those like the shockingly effective has been the radio interviews because every single time I do that I can see lit like that night the Amazon numbers are like cranking boom 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 um this one I feel pretty bad about and I almost like I'm nervous to even say it, but so I changed my Facebook birthday to March 31st, the day before the book came out. And my birthday is not on March 31st, but I wanted to, I wanted to have all these people coming to my page. So, they'd and I would, see them. <laughs> so they would see that my book is out and every single person that came up, I would just say like, thanks for the birthday wishes. This, this part isn't a prank Buy my book on Amazon right now. I don't feel good about that one. No, because, no, people came to you with well wishes and you sold them things. <laughs> but th here's the, here's the duality of it. Like, you know, obviously there's people, you know, like my parents, friends, they're like, Greg, from the time you were born, I always knew. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, just let this end. But then it is a stark uh, realization that nobody knows when my real birthday is, first of all. 
And then secondly, that I am using their well wishes to launch them onto Amazon to leave a review uh, did not feel good. And I don't so think I'd do that again. You, you mentioned leaving the review. How have the reviews been? I, I've been looking on Goodreads. I saw on Amazon. I saw in Barnes and Noble, you have a decent number of reviews. It looks like all the good reviews are either A, your friends, or B, people who've actually read the book and enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, and then there is the bad reviews that are purely clubbies in other organizations who are mad at you for revealing their secrets. Yes, that seems to be the case. Uh, a lot of the very early reviews were like early readers that I've never met before. And um, so those were like awesome to see. Uh, Dude, like 80, I think I'm at 81 Amazon reviews, 81 Amazon reviews in four days is fucking, that's insane. Like that yeah. is, it's a crazy amount of reviews and like reviews are not the goal, but they are an important means to the goal of like selling books. Um, well, my favorite reviews have been from players, like saying how much they love the book and how accurate it is to what that place was like. Uh, any players of note that you want to say that have given you good reviews? That they have? Give yeah. you a good review? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Harry Marino, he's he's not characterized in the book, um, but he gave me a good review just in person and on Amazon. Um, Alan Mills, he is never going to use an Amazon account because <laughs> I don't think he even has a smartphone. Like, But he was really effusive about it. And, and then I just got off the phone with Alex Schmarzo, who's like one of the main characters of the first yeah. part of the book. And I was so nervous about his response because he's a complicated character like anybody else. And I've tried to show him in his full depth, the same way I tried to show myself in the full depth in that book. But like uh, he was so happy. He said that he said that he was honored just to be tangentially associated with the book. Nice. And I was like, that's very much how I felt as a like clubby. Like I, in a lot of ways, I was so thought it was so cool to just be um, just in the atmosphere of professional baseball. Yeah. I, I'm looking at not just the reviews, but I'm looking, you have 81 reviews now on Amazon. Uh, it, it's showing me an all the way five star, although I do know that there are a couple like fours and I think there was a, a one star just because I'm an asshole. That's, I think that happens when you have anything. There's someone who gives you a one star, mm -hmm. um, but it also is telling me, and this is an interesting uh, point of note, that this book is number one in Maryland, Baltimore, Maryland travel books. <laughs> so, uh, if you're looking for a place, uh, a, a travel book for the Baltimore, Maryland area, obviously this is number one because of all the travel tips that you give. <laughs> I know there are, we need to point out that it's also like number two or number three in baseball biographies, I believe. I don't, um, how do you look that up? I'm only seeing it on the number one. It says number one, new release in Baltimore, Maryland travel books, but it's not showing me all the other like itemized. Oh, that's, that's farther down, like closer to the actual reviews. Um, no, that's too much work. Yeah. But yeah, I, <laughs> um, you're going to learn a lot about Baltimore, Maryland. You're going to learn where you get the best crab in Aberdeen, Maryland. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming in Aberdeen, Maryland, there are two places to get crab. And one of them is it smells bad. Yeah. And the other <laughs> one is at Ripken stadium, baby. That was right, man. I am so proud of you for doing all this. Like I have, Proof that it was done. I'm going to buy an actual copy. I still haven't bought a copy yet. It's four days in. I still haven't actually bought a copy on Amazon. I've been busy. If our, hey. our, our viewers and our audio members can't really tell, but our viewers can see that I'm in a new room and this room is attached to a new house. So I've been doing a lot of, a lot, a lot of moving in the last couple of days and a lot of unpacking books and things. There's a book. Um, so I haven't had a chance to really purchase the book. I should have pre-ordered about a month ago. But that's all right man there's still I didn't plenty want you to get my my money i get it man i totally get it there's still time to get to get it for one dollar on kindle until april 8th until april 8th well we will release this on april 6th so two more days all of our listeners you have a chance to get it how do they get it on kindle by the way just go on type in c-l-u-double-b-i-e b-double-o-k.com um yes you can go to clubbybook.com. You can also just go to Amazon, the clubby page listing. And again, the spelling is C-L-U-B-B-I-E. And uh, you have the option to purchase hardcover or Kindle, or you can do both because the Kindle is so dang cheap. Uh, it's only a dollar. Well, I don't own a Kindle, so I'm going to I'm gonna buy a Kindle just to have in my back pocket <laughs> uh, so I can have this. So this will be really, really Frick, nice. Yeah, man. I'm curious about what your house looks like because you've described the backyard where we were talking about doing races and stuff. 60-yard dash. 
Yeah. Is it everything that you imagined when you moved? Like, does it look different to you now that you've moved in? So it's funny when we first bought the house, when we first put the offer in a long time ago, we looked around the house and we're like, ah, maybe a little small, but like, it, it'll be fine. It'll be what we need. And then with no furniture in here, when we moved in for the very first time and we were like about to put furniture down, we're like, Oh dude, everything's bigger than we remember. Like this hmm. kitchen is much bigger than we remember. The master bedroom is much bigger than we remember. There's this like random third guest room that we're going to turn as like a workout room. And in the future, it'll be a nursery. That's much bigger. Like it's the biggest fucking nursery in the world. Uh, but now that there's furniture in all the rooms, you're like, Oh no, it's, it's average size. <laughs> everything is, everything is smaller than we thought. So like we have like a wildly oversized couch. I think it's 124 inches long. That um, seems long. It is. I, I know anything from my personal experience, I know four inches. So anything over four inches is just a, a substantial. <laughs> uh, but no, so this 124 inch couch fit perfectly in our basement of our, of our duplex we were in. And now that we have it in the living room, there's no actual place to put it that makes sense. So now like we've moved in and we have all this furniture in here and now we're going to have to buy new furniture because it doesn't really fit. How did you even carry a 120 inch couch into the house? Two pieces. Still 60 plus inches for each one. Yeah. It's like a, it's a long this way and then a chaise this way. Uh, um, so it's like probably 80 inches and 40 inches. Yeah. It's a substantial couch, but like the house itself is great, man. The, uh, there are no, uh, curtains. We haven't put, uh, put any curtains up yet just cause mm-hmm. we moved in three days ago. Um, but so every morning now we wake up to like a bright sun at like 6 a.m., which I try to wake up in between the 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. range, but mm. not like wake up right now, fuckhead. Yes. <laughs> the sun is up. Uh, and that has been a that's been a real treat every morning. Just eyes wide open like shit. My day begins. I didn't know that you were such an early riser. Yeah, my wife goes to sleep really early. Like we go to sleep most nights. If I'm going to sleep with her, it's at 9 p.m maybe 9 nice. 15 9 30 so unless like a lot of times i find an excuse to stay up late like i'll watch about like tonight tonight's the ncaa championship so i'll watch the game um i'll watch football games baseball games whatever movies at night just to like kind of have like a decompression time uh and then i'll go to bed at like 11 and then maybe those nights so i'll wake up early or i'll wake up around like 7 30 or 8 but for the most part when you go to bed at 9 p.m you're waking up naturally at 6 a.m Oh yeah. Yeah. How many babies could you fit in your nursery? And I don't mean how many babies with carriages and how many babies yeah. with like incubators and stuff stacked on top sure. of each other, like volume. sardines. Yeah. <laughs> volume wise, uh, volume wise. Let's have, let's have a math problem here, Greg. Yeah. Uh, average baby is what? Uh, what's the length of an average baby and a length and width. I'd say a baby is like one tenth of a, of a large couch. So like 12 inches. Okay. That's, that seems like a small, that's a small baby, right? I don't, maybe I don't know what 12 inches looks like. <laughs> I don't know. That seems like a regular, no, that's that too a, small. That's too small. I'm going to say 15 inches. 15 inches know. is an average baby. So 15 inches baby. Okay. I'm going to say 15 inches by six by four. That's a, that's about a baby rectangle. Yeah. So the room is 12 by 10 by whatever, 10 foot ceiling. So 12 foot by 10 foot by 10 foot. Um, so I think if you do the math right on there, it's 14 babies, 14 babies. <laughs> you can fit way more babies than that. Are you kidding me? You can fit 14 babies in the floor. We're stacking these fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, yes, I know. <laughs> um, I'm just not going to do that math on the flyer. I'll, I'll let you do the math on the fly. How many babies yeah. are you going to have? Well, we're just assuming that your 14 is accurate for the each level. We're just, we're accepting that as, as perfectly accurate. Yes. All babies are the exact same length, width, height. They're like a but, microwave. All babies so, are, are rectangle. And, and we're, we're going to treat them as rectangle and not like spherical, like, like round babies. Cause if it's round stacking principles could t- come into play. We're like, if you put, you know, here and here together if you put two cylinders beside each other they could easily roll together and have a third cylinder on top as opposed to four squares would be no volume missed does that make sense it does no extra volume 
we'll stack them head to toe so that okay. like one baby's head here is another baby's toes are here and then vice versa. So, oh, so you are doing match. stacking principles. So you're, you're not doing perfect rectangles. You're saying babies are baby shaped. Yeah. These are baby shaped. Oh babies. shit. So I, I imagine this probably half the volume of a 14 by uh, what did we say? 14 by six by four, 15 by six by four. That's a half the volume. Maybe, maybe two thirds the volume, two thirds the volume. Okay, so then let's say 10 by 4 by 2.5. Um, sure. So 14 babies per level. And then how, how, high, how high could we stack? You said uh, it's probably 10, 10 foot feet. ceilings? 10 foot ceilings. That's probably two babies per foot, right? So 14, let's say 20. Uh, uh, so we said, we said it's a, it's a four-inch height or, yeah, four-inch height of the baby. Yeah. So that's three babies per foot. Oh, okay. Four inch height. So three babies. So that's three times 10. That's 30. So right now we're looking at 14 babies per layer, 30 babies. We're looking at a simple 14 by 30. Okay. So 14 by 30 baby formula. Now, now (laughs) depth. Now, so that is going to be a 10 foot, roughly 10 foot depth of the room. What Um, the fuck is the depth? Like, so shit, you're right. Height, depth. Uh, so depth 10 feet or so, and we're talking a baby is what, what, what did we say? Six inches wide. So that's half yeah. a foot. So yep. two, two babies per foot. So we're looking 20 babies wide. So then it's 14 times 30 times 20. Is that 14. right? Uh, I mean, sure. You're doing the math over there. 14 times 30 times 20. That, that room can fit 8,400 babies. <laughs> Dude, that's a phenomenal number. I could have so many sons. How many of those 8,400 are going to be sons? Do you think it'll be a 50-50 split? Or do you think it'll be like, <laughs> like, I feel like very virile that I'm going to be like a very strong, <laughs> like father to sons. So I'm thinking that 8,400, God, you got to think some of them aren't going to make it if they're stacked like that. Maybe. <laughs> How are we going to feed all of those babies? I, mean, I don't really, make okay. enough money. I Think about the diaper bills. Also, you're not even going to be able to access most of these babies. Some of them are going to be tucked in the corner. You're just going to get a free early trial of some of those babies. Full access. You have to pay the full subscription fee. It's how you learn. Like, obviously, you did the first wall of babies you didn't do very well with. So just next wall. (laughs) This baby is not part of your uh, early. your, Your subscription program does not allow access to this baby at this time. Okay, so 8,400 babies. I'm thinking about, of those 8,400, I'm thinking an even 5,000 are my sons. So, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, very, very virile towards sons. Um, okay. So those 5,000 sons, I'm obviously going to mess up a couple. Um, some of them aren't going to get proper access. I'm not going to be able to even see them because they're so tucked in behind all the other, <laughs> all the other babies. So of those 5,000, gosh, that's a hard problem now. I'd say... I'd say I could really adequately reach 25% of them. You reach to just twist them around or what do you? <laughs> to like father touch, just fatherly <laughs> touch, just so they can feel my warmth. So that's now 1,250 babies if I'm doing that math correct. So 1,250 sons for, for I think first you're, off. I think you're shorting yourself. I think it's more like 2,250. No, I, I am only 5,000 are sons. I'm only worrying about oh, the sons. Oh, you're only talking about the sons, okay. I'm only worrying sure. about my sons. So okay. 12,050 sons. Um, I'll worry about the daughters later. That's a whole other math problem. Um, 1,250 sons. And if each of them has an apple. (laughs) We're feeding them apples. That's 1,250 apples. It sure is. (laughs) That one I know. It's 1,250 apples. It seems like I have enough apples to make it. So... (laughs) 1250 uh, apples is not that many apples when you think about your feet in a small town. Oh, no, no, no. This is for my sustenance. The babies are giving me the apples. <laughs> Wait, what okay. do you feed babies? You don't feed them apples. You feed them applesauce. Yeah, who's crushing the bat? I'll tell you who's crushing the, those apples for the applesauce. The ones that didn't make it? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, this okay. episode is brought to you by Hell. Uh, this episode we are- is brought to you by Gerber. <laughs> Okay, 1,250 babies, mm-hmm. 1,250, how are, okay. 1,250 sons. Yeah, that's right. Why did we split it off by gender? Because I'm very virile towards having sons. Okay, 
So we're only focusing on the Suns. Yep. How many of these? How many of them are going to? What do they call? What do they call it in inventory when you have large warehouses full of food, for example? What do they call it when some of it just kind of spoils as part of the process? Well, those are called perishables. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you're referring to perishables. <laughs> but is there? Is I mean, is there an accounting or an inventory term for the amount of perishables you can just assume will die each? Oh, month? like a like a locked in sunk cost, or yes, I don't know what the, yes. what the proper terminology is but like you an expected sunk cost is probably what it's what it's referred to as okay what what kind of expected sunk cost can we assume for a number of babies each month well, that's what oh each month oh gosh it will start dwindling um man well so we are we automatically from day one took that five thousand sons down to 1250 just because of lack of resources Oh, that's so we, where we got it. Okay. So we think 25% and lack of resources, not necessarily food, but also ability to reach. I consider that a resource. Um, <laughs> so now we're down to 25%. We have the ability to reach. We have the ability to touch and, and make sure and put eyes on. So now it's a matter of keeping up with how much food they take in, how many diapers they wear, things like that. Um, are we going on my salary, my current salary? We're going on how much money these babies. Okay. Offshoot question. How much money are these babies going to generate? Because how can we monetize these babies? Well, obviously, I think we, the way we do it is John and Kate plus eight and all those shows about like having like 14 kids <laughs> and 25 uh-huh. kids. I show up to TLC and I say, hello, TLC. My name is John and I have 1,250 sons. It's your job now to keep them alive. And TLC's <laughs> like, fuck, all right. <laughs> we, have to, we have to give them a, a television program. And that will be a very popular TLC television program. John and Amelia plus 1,250. And then in parentheses for now. <laughs> uh, no, I, I like that idea of a show. Oh, and um, every time so, we can have a Patreon, every time someone, you know, gives us $5, this $5 is guaranteed 25% will go to my, one of my sons. Uh, okay. So oh, think <clears throat> about the college fund. Oh, yeah, they're not going. These, they're these gonna kids be are not dumb. going to college. <laughs> no, we're not going to afford to like get them the high school education. This is not a. These are not college no. kids, and they're going to be these... too malnourished to be like proper athletes to get any sort of scholarship. Yeah, I mean, these are children who were literally raised in the filth of their own de- deceased <laughs> brothers. Just apple cores. Just regurgitated apples. Just dead children in apples. Like they're horses. I took a sip of water at the wrong time. It was in my nose. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. Okay, without the TL... Okay, let's just assume without the TLC bill. Okay. uh, uh, Money, I mean. How long until the last of the 1,250 babies is dead? So like, how long does this batch of children last? So I think at some point I'm going to pick out favorites. Yeah. At some point, you obviously are, are a champion. Uh, you got, you got the best genes. So you move to the front of the line. This is, there's a line in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll pick out a, a couple favorites. And I think, I think I could reasonably take care of and nourish and educate (laughs) 22. I think, and that's a lot, that's a lot of sons, but I think 22 is about the amount where it becomes, but it's already unreasonable. 22 (laughs) sons. Could you imagine? Um, but I think that we could do it. I think that with the, with uh, enough struggling and, and everyone has a single slice of apple from that's now a 16 year old apple. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that they could, they could make it. 22 is my number, which means that we've lost now from the, from the original. Well, I'm not going to do the math in the original. Once it was 1250, we've lost now 1,238 sons or something like that. No. Yeah. Of, yeah. Of the original. 28 sons. 1,238 sons. <laughs> We've only lost of the original 4,978 from the original batch. But here's 22 sons 
is really small number of suns when you compare it to 5,000 suns. Yeah, no, there's a lot of suns that are missing. <laughs> and that actually brings up a good point. Not all of them will perish. Some of them will just go missing. <laughs> yeah, in vents and stuff. <laughs> like, some of them, uh, there, there could be a whole Charles Lindbergh baby situation where I just keep a ladder by the window at all times. And it's just like, if someone comes up and takes a baby, then they take a baby. Like, uh, qu- Quite frankly, that's probably one of their better chances of survival is to go missing. <laughs> <laughs> raised by wolves is probably better than raised by apples. So of the 22 sons that you are actually taking the time to, to teach and feed and educate, uh-huh. when will the – are they going to live full lives? I want to know – okay, let's say we start it right now. It's, two, it's April, early April 2021. Sure. When is the last of the 22 going to die? Oh, I, I do think that of the 22 – most of them will have normal lives. They had a they had a malnourished first couple months, but that happens a lot. And it, you just take the baby to the ICU, and the baby will get better. Um, th- that is a real overexplanation, oversimplification of the ICU. Um, and you're not taking any of these babies to the ICU. Oh, but like, I don't know. One of those is my favorite. I'll take my favorite to the ICU. The only the number one favorite. Yeah, yeah. I think that's wise. Yeah, just the one. I don't want to waste money. That's right. I once heard that a veterinarian has, has the job of the veterinarian has the highest rate of suicide of all jobs because they are faced with, on a daily basis, one of two things that happen. It's someone who comes in and, you know, a dog has a broken leg, something that's bad, but it's fixable but the owner has to put the dog down because they don't have enough money to fix the broken leg. So the, the vet now says like the vet is heartbroken. Cause he's like, this is a perfectly healthy dog that I have to kill because the owner can't afford it. On the flip side of that, it's vets who see dogs with cancer and dogs with, you know, debilitating diseases. They're like pleading with their owners, please put this animal out of his misery. Like it's not living a happy life. And the owner's like, no, we love sparkles. We want to keep sparkles forever. So now the vet sees that like Sparkles is in pain and he has to keep Sparkles alive. So they have this like, this dog should be alive and you're killing it. This dog should be out of his misery and you're forcing it to be alive. And they have a high suicide rate. That's what I'm going to see with 5,000 subs. (laughs) You're going to, one of them is going to accidentally like get full of applesauce and you're just... I have, you, no choice. <laughs> I have no choice you're bloated you're you're too, taking up too much volume this room is not made for this much volume <laughs> you're going to get to a point where you're there's going to be so many of them you're just going to be looking for excuses to take a few of them out <laughs> hey you sneezed you have you're sick shishu by the way what about the i don't follow the first part about where the vet has to kill a dog that's got like a broken leg or something can't they just go home and not fix the dog so I think what it is, is the owner, it's the owner's prerogative. And the owner's like, yeah. I, I don't want to fix this dog because uh, like it needs to be fixed. Yeah. Um, and it, but it's healthy otherwise, but because it needs to be fixed and I can't afford it, like kill it. I see. Uh, yeah. Like it, the dog won't survive with a broken leg. It's easy to fix, but it won't survive with it. Or maybe broken leg was the bad example, but things like that was what I can't remember where this was, but it was the gotcha. I don't know. It's definitely a real stat. I heard it on on the internet once. So I'm with you. I, I think I just got caught up on the broken leg part. Gotcha. Okay. It's a it's so, a sad thing with these 22 sons, man. How many um how many babies do you think it would take to step stack on top of each other to br- start breaking some at the bottom? Oh. That's a classic. That's a classic conundrum. <laughs> it's the weight distribution. Now we are doing head to toe. So it's not like, cause if it was head to head, you'd have the slow angle and it would just be a crawl, the weight on one side crushing down, but you are oh. distributing the weight properly. So that's a tough question. I guess it would be, um, how, whatever the, whatever the weight of, of smothering is, um, oh, that'd suffocate rather than get yeah. crushed. That's probably yeah. right. I don't imagine crushed would be because they, I mean, I, they do weigh something and their bones are probably so, so thin, so fragile. 
Yeah, and there's five thousand. Even if even five thousand feathers would weigh a significant amount, I think. <laughs> Have you seen the five? The five? What the one ton of feathers versus one ton of steel? Which weighs more? The steel. Okay, so the guy it was like Adam. It's like steel. No, they're they're the same, but steel is heavier than feathers. No, they're the same. They're both a ton, but steel is heavier than feathers. <laughs> Classic. I fucking understand it. I mean, that's class. That's like, you know, I think I learned that in the uh, bus, the back of the bus in like fourth grade. I learned what masturbation was in the back of the bus in fourth grade. But (laughs) I learned, I learned, Greg, I learned improperly. Tell me. I was on a truth or dare. I don't know. One of those Mm -hmm. types of, one of those types of things. And uh, Alex Pinto said, John, I dare you to masturbate into the seat. I didn't know what that was. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't know what masturbation was. Uh, maybe I had done it, but not known that it was called masturbation. So I just kind of like laid on my stomach and kind of like humped the seat a little bit. And, yeah. But like, I think my hand was like hidden some sort. So he thought that I was like doing it into the seat. So he thought that I was doing it correctly. So then I left that day. Like, I guess that's what masturbation is. You just kind of lay there and, and kind of like jolt around a little bit. Um, so I, I learned uh, about three days ago what masturbation really was, and it was kind of <laughs> eye-opening. Um, <laughs> and then Alex Pinto pulled off a mask, and he was the homeless dude that grabbed your junk. <laughs> uh, it was me all along. Man. <laughs> I've been setting you up since you were in fourth grade. <laughs> God, I hope that homeless man is you know not assaulting other people at that river because that was truly a terrifying experience. Now, now that I know what happened, I might be up for it. But don't just surprise me with a cock grab. Yeah, man. You know where the, you have the exact spot in your mind of where it is, right? Yeah, if I ever want a cock grab, I'll go back to that spot and I'll gladly accept it. But not like, you got to wine and dine me first, man. It's near, it's in the Rock Hill area. It's Rock Hill area. You it's take, take a left off the highway like you're going to Waterford Country Club. <clears throat> We, I think we had some dances up there or some sure. or parties. There is a left near Waterford Country Club and it takes you up toward like the river. And there, I think it's actually Waterford Creek Park or something like that. Um, and there's a little walking trail in the park. And at the end of the walking trail is a fence and the fence has a hole in it. And you can oh, see yeah. that, that the walking trail continues on further. Uh, so I just kind of poked my head through the hole and I kept on going. And the fence was put up because of some serious erosion that was happening on that slope. Uh, but I was like, I'm a big boy. I can handle erosion. So I hopped that and I walked to my rock and I, and I bathed on my rock and I sat there and I read a book and then a homeless man approached me. Ips, uh, things happened. I tried to escape. He climbed a mountain to follow me. Dick grab. Um, oh. How cool would it be if we did a remote segment where I came to visit you and we went back to that spot and videotaped it? Uh, oh, videotape me getting cock grabbed? just try to find him again hey hey do you remember me <laughs> how cool would that be uh it would be um it'd be pretty cool i'd watch it i'd probably like dry hump masturbate to it i think now i, I, I kind of want to do it yeah uh i guess a show of hands who wants to do it so it's i guess it's a it's resounding i said yes and you said nothing so that means yes i did the emoji did you do an emoji? I, I wonder if that emojis work. I wonder if that kind of thing shows up. Also, does it look like we're flipped? Did because on my screen we flipped sides after I put my hand up, like uh, it put me to the front of the line. Oh, it does. I just tried to hit. It says you cannot move video while someone has their hand raised. Do I need to pick you? Why is your hand raised, asshole? <laughs> <laughs> I got a question. <laughs> uh, lower my hand. My question is. Um, I have all, do you know how the dead babies thing was like really popular in high school or maybe in junior high where dead baby uh, yeah, jokes yeah, yeah. What, thing? What's, uh, black and white and red all over, uh, what? D- dead babies on a newspaper. Yeah, dude. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That was like the most, that was edgelords back in the day. Those were the original memes. What's worse than nailing a baby to the wall. What? Ripping a dead one down. Oh man. Uh, what's the difference between a truckload of dead babies and a truckload of bowling balls? Ooh, what's that? 
You can't unload a truckload of bowling balls with a pitchfork. <laughs> so dead baby jokes is like, this is taking me back to like hanging out in the movie theater in Elk River Cinema. And just, I don't know what, we'd sit outside and just tell dead baby jokes all the time. So you're, do you tell the dead baby jokes in the theater? That's rude. People are trying to watch movies. We were actually very good. So like, you know, upper Midwesterners are very meek, polite people for the most part. And so they, they were very silent. Um, it was quite shocking when I moved to South Carolina at first and people love talking during movies and I'm all about that shit now. I fucking love talking about movies while they're happening, but we would very much uh, just be very silent and respectful during the movie. And then afterwards in the lobby, we would just tell dead baby jokes. That's fair. Uh, upper Midwest minnesota i think if i know this correctly there are a lot of big families up there a lot of families that might have 22 sons it's very possible it's if you're gonna have a family that has 22 sons i would not be surprised if it was from minnesota for example yeah minnesota or one of our mormons in utah i feel like they have (laughs) a lot of a lot of sons yes mormons love their sons yeah uh those were good guys a wacky religion real wacky but good guys. Really, really good guys. They definitely had very obviously not questioned a lot of their things that they're living by very much. We yeah. didn't even ask them hard questions. In fact, we we're kind of trying to give them softballs. And they were yeah. like, you know, I never thought about why we can't have caffeine before. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and like my, that my, one, but yeah. You guys feel free to listen to our previous episode where we had a, a couple of elders on from the Latter-day, Latter-day Saints. Is that the name of the church? Uh, Jesus Christ Church of Latter-day Saints. So we had a couple elders on, and we were asking them questions about the Mormon religion. We were about, you know, certain theology that they carry. And a lot of our questions were, you know, like you said, fairly simple. Like, my one of mine was, why do you blindly follow the text when you could see a logical reason to do something else? And their response was, we don't know why we blindly follow, but we do. I was like, that's not the greatest answer. <laughs> yeah. I respect their hustle. The yep. fact that they just messaged me and they came on the show and, uh, Hey, Hey, all props to coming on this show of all of them, of all the shows you could come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They definitely reached their target audience. They definitely, dude, how fucking, how hilarious would it be if they're, if they're coming on the show actually worked? Like, oh yeah. If, if people how... were like converting left and right right now, <laughs> how, how close were you to converting during that, during that show? I mean, I wasn't, I didn't even, uh, I didn't even get an erection. Like I was that, uh, I think if I was going to convert religions, it would start with a boner. Space gods didn't do it to you. Intergalactic Jesus didn't do it to you. The Mormons believe that if a God can exist, if God exists here and we can become like God, which is, I didn't understand that. I guess that's part of their text. We can become like God. Then theoretically we can go to another world and create another world because we are now a God. Therefore more gods can exist. Space gods can exist. That didn't do it for you. If they had articulated it, if they had leaned into the space part that they seem to be more like on a abstract level, you're like fucking Jesus in a spaceship kind of thing. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. They were just like, well, you know, the Lord has many shepherds or whatever the fuck they said. It seemed way too abstract for them to really lean into the fact that maybe Jesus was going to show up in an interstellar sequence uh, sequel. A nice millennial Falcon. Yes. Jesus and and Jesus in the Falcon. Oh, I'd love to see it. Yeah. I just think if they had leaned more into that, it would have been a much better religion, more Scientology like. Yeah. I actually continually confuse uh christian science scientology and lds mormon church i they are the same to me what is christian science i see see i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay there are there are christian science reading like offices like through in charlotte in i'm sure other towns there are like they rent out office space on main areas where there's all probably expensive office space and it's just like a library that can, that you can go read the text. Sounds kind of dope if the subject matter were cooler. Yeah. And not, I don't know, Christian science might have space Jesus. 
But imagine having that same exact thing, but for Harry Potter, for example, how cool would that be? You just show up to a reading room specifically for other people reading Harry Potter. And you know that when you go there, you can either just read by yourself or you're going to find somebody who also loves the book that you love. How much money do you think it costs to rent out a space in let's call it uptown Charlotte, South end Charlotte. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what's the, what's the hoity toity part of Austin. That's all fun and hip. Um, well, the East six, let's say. E6. How, how expensive would it be to rent out the smallest room, the smallest like roadside door, little boutique room and just have a clubby room. You just go in there and just read clubby books, but would, book, singular. Let's call it $2,500 a month. Okay. So $2,500 a month. Would you charge for people to come in to read your book or would you come in and require them to buy your book if they walk in the door or would your I book think- be there for free? The book is free, but there's a members there's a members only rule where you have to buy a monthly membership, but you don't only get the book. You get swag and that kind of stuff and you get to come out and you can if you pay enough money, if you have a platinum membership, you can just get the second key to my apartment if you want. I don't care. Does clubby we're going to call this um clubby room. Oh, the clubhouse. We'll call it the clubhouse. Of course. All right. Does the clubhouse have cocktails? coffee water sparkling refreshments is it something that you pay for like draw them in with cocktails nine dollar cocktails ten dollar cocktails it's cheapest in austin while you're here read the book uh i think that there's gonna be a level of membership we get them in for free with the snacks but we don't have any drinks available for non-members non-members can have all the snacks they want but members only for the drinks Will you make the snacks like you made the clubhouse snacks and, and spreads? Uh, it'll be even worse. It'll just be dried up. It'll be all dry foods to get them thirsty. It'll be pretzels, pretzels, animal crackers, <laughs> all these dry snacks. Saltines. And... Yes. Here's a plate of saltines. Eat six of them and come back with for a cocktail. Yeah. Triscuits, all that. And then um, all the members are going to be drinking cocktails all they want. But if you want to be, if you want to be enjoying that sort of service, you got to pay the, uh, let's call it $25 a month membership. Okay. $25 a month. That means, um, you could probably, let's say all, all 22 of my sons are members, uh, 22 times 25, uh, $2,500 a month. So you're going to need, uh, that's only $550 right there. So you're going to need another four people just like me with 22 sons. So you're going to need a hundred people. You're going to need a hundred members to just to cover my nut, just, just to cover to co- my, my rent nut, just to cover your rent nut. Now that's where cocktails come in. That's where cigars might come in. That's where, um, complimentary BJs might come in. Wait, I'll get the guy from the river. I'll get, the, get <laughs> cock grab. If you want a river cock grab, that's going to cost you extra. <laughs> a river rat cock grab. I'm sure he's cheap. In, in fact, I bet he'll do it for very little. Yeah. He did it to me for free. <laughs> River rat cock grab. Dude, can I tell you something? Yeah. I actually went on, I went on a date that went well in person. And then do you want to know what? I went on a second date with the same person that went also well. I'm going to see her again. On the third date, could you tell the story of the river rat cock crab sure i'll tell it to her she okay. seems she seems pretty funny okay um we went to uh i like we when went... we talk about your dating life we get a little quiet <laughs> we get a little like a little somber like we're, we're, we're excited but we're, we're calm we're cool we're collected but we just get a little bit more quiet uh, yeah i want to keep my expectations reasonable and you know how I get, I can sometimes get, uh, unreasonable. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, so on the first date we went for a walk and we walked like five miles and we just kept walking. Jesus, I know, but, um, we just kept talking and walking and we were out there for like three hours. It was quite fun. Uh, and then we saw each other again on Easter and we went paddleboarding and kayaking and we just, we just had a good time just yucking it up, just laughing out there. And at one point, I looked like me. And I was just wearing a shirt, 
or actually I was wearing no shirt and I had my shirt tied around my head and I was on my stand up paddleboard and she just looks like a white person. Like we both look pretty like template Austin type people. Yeah. And some guy passed us on a kayak and he's laughing his ass off and he just looked it up. He looked at us and he said to us, not like he said it silently to himself. He just said, fucking hippies. <laughs> ah, because like, your shirts are on your head, you dick. <laughs> it, it was such an odd moment because I was like, of all of the descriptors for me, a hippie is a very interesting one. And uh, I guess maybe it is a shirt on the head will do it. I, I think the shirt on the head because it evokes like a dreadlock type situation. Oh, that is an angle I had never thought of before. Because I was like, dude, there's a lot of hippies on this river. So does he think every single person is a hippie? It's like, I'm also on this river. I'm, I'm a goddamn hippie today. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that guy was he's definitely a hippie. Pot calling the kettle black. And then well, on front, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, more. Oh, go on. She's <gasps> <laughs> um, she, she, just a, a smart funny person and i really enjoyed it and she's very attractive and then i'm gonna see her on friday and we're gonna go do something okay um what are, <laughs> what what is her stance on um stacking babies by volume she seems like um she seems like she'd be interested in trying to figure out that problem okay I'll ask you, I'll, I'll approach her with it how many babies could you fit in a 12 by 10 by 10 room I'd, I'd be curious as to see what her logic is um, because like, like I went immediately, all babies are pure rectangles in this scenario, but then you brought in the stacking reasonable in, in there where, where now babies are like falling into the lowest crevice and things like that. Yeah. It is not a perfect stack. Um, I'm curious as her logic. I think it's going to tell us a lot about who, her as a person. Yes. And if I remember correctly from the scripture that the guys were reading in the last episode, in God's eyes, all babies are perfect rectangles. <laughs> oh, hold on. Hold the fort, hold the fort, hold the fort. What are you doing? My fucking, my uh, headphones died. Wow. Well, can you still hear me? I can. Okay. So we're fine. Lord knows something got fucked up, probably. <laughs> well, uh, then let's go ahead and close this off, yeah. Greg. Let's go ahead and close it off. We've been we've been talking just about beautiful soliloquies for such a long time. Um, do you have any jokes today? Uh, yeah, I have one joke. Uh, what's the uh, What's the difference between a truckload of babies and a truckload? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all I got. The fact that I had that is quite exceptional. What about you? Uh, I do have one. <clears throat> Please. So Mickey Mouse is at his therapist. He's just, he's trying his hardest to explain his problem. And the therapist just isn't listening. Doc isn't understanding. Mickey keeps saying he wants to break up with Minnie. And the therapist just repeats back. I just don't get it. She's just being a little silly. No, she's fucking goofy. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, dude. I like that one. It's very on point um, because the product of having sex with any creature, whether it's a dog or a mouse, is a baby. Yeah. Uh, have you seen the movie, the B movie? No, no, with Jerry Seinfeld, no. I have not seen it, but it was on TV. We were flipping through yesterday to find something. And uh, from what I remember correctly, if I remember this, the B movie is about a bee who has sex with a woman. And wow. and everyone just glosses over the fact that a bee is having, it's bestiality. Okay? Everyone is just glossing over the fact that it's a bee having sex with a woman. There is like, uh, how, how does this movie get made? We'll talk about that later, but I'm fairly certain this is real. <laughs> that's that, that's definitely a full episode's worth next time. We're going to, okay. So we're, we're going to do, we have homework. We're going to go home. We're going to watch the bee movie. We're going to learn all about bestiality. That joke's going to die real quick. I can only do that once. Um, and, uh, and we'll talk about the bee movie uh, next time on don't shoot the gingers. But until then, Greg, what is something that you've been vibing on? in social media i saw this post by the uh orioles the baltimore orioles uh twitter page <clears throat> orioles that's right three and oh actually currently playing the new york yankees and uh, not when i say currently odds are most of you are listening to this at 9 30 in the morning on tuesday not that is not current and i mean they even though they've won the first three games they're expected to have a zero percent chance of making the playoffs 
And um, I was almost, I was about to describe this meme, but I'm not going to. That's, that's my description of it. <laughs> Just where can people see the meme? I don't know. I couldn't find it. That's why I was trying to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, my, my tweet that I've been vibing on is from Jesus Nice. Or, you know, Jesus, Jesus and Mero. Uh, Bodega Boys up in New York. Wildly popular podcast that's turned into like a TV show. Um, really, really funny guys. It's going to be us uh, someday. They take, no, well, that's what I was going to say. They kind of take our material and they kind of like um, urbanize it a little bit and make it more like Brooklyn, um, but it's mainly what we do. So Jesus, Jesus Nice, at Jesus Nice, said, uh, this is, um, he says, if you save that one free donut you get every day after getting vaccinated, by the end of the year, that's enough donuts to open up your own shop, but y'all just don't see the vision. <laughs> good point. <laughs> and uh, I have gotten that Krispy Kreme donut, and it was just as good as the one I paid for. In fact, a little bit better, because it came with a little owie. Aww. Yeah. Uh, did you get your first one or your second one? Uh, my first one. My second one I get in one week. Nice, man. Yeah. Boom. I'm going to be a – I hope that I turn into like the um, Edward Norton Hulk and not the uh, the current Hulk. That's just – everyone loves it so cuddly and so fun. I want to turn into the Edward Norton Hulk that is kind of weird and fucked up. Love it. Yeah. But, Greg, it's been good. It's been yes. real. It's been a time. Yeah, certainly one of our stranger episodes. <laughs> so uh, can you tell the world who we are one last time? Uh, I'm panicking, you know, I'll be honest. Do you know how to how to exit this podcast? I, I just kind of freaked out for a second there. Uh, I'm Ted Balloon, and this has been Don't Shoot the Gingers. And I'm John Giles, and I'm Stacking Babies, and you're listening to Don't Shoot the Gingers. Oh, you say that part. Bye. Yep. Hey, we're, we're getting there. <laughs> wow <laughs>